Welcome to Community Connection. I'm Iowa City Mayor Bruce Teague. The impact of COVID-19 is touching every corner of our community. And this show is dedicated to highlighting the efforts of the organizations working to protect people. Many groups in Iowa City are rising to the occasion, finding ways to overcome obstacles during this pandemic. Today, we are going to be highlighting the efforts of the Refugee and Immigrant Association. I'm joined by Executive Director Jean-Paul Mugamuzi. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Seemed yeah. like just yesterday we were doing a webinar together where, yep. we were, where we were navigating some of the concerns that your, that, that your organization has. And so today I'm happy to have you on the show and just to talk about what's happening within your world. And so I know that there is a lot of um, history with the Refugee and the Immigrant Association and some of the people that are maybe watching today, they may not know what your organization does. Can you tell us a little bit about what you all do? The organization that we do pretty much is, is about like educating our people, the refugee and immigrant community, you know, educating them and then, you know, uh, we do some issue awareness let people know what is going around and connect people with, uh, you know, the the local communities in both Iowa City and Cedar Rapids, and then to be able to, you know, to help them, you know, navigate, help them understand the culture and help them do stuff in in, in Iowa City and, and Cedar Rapids. Yeah, that's pretty much that we that that we do that to connect people with of Americans and to be able to raise some issues, you know, so that they can, they, they may know what is going on, something like that. Yeah. That's pretty much that we we do, and it happens that sometimes we do help people with the, you know, support them with financial, you know, financially. Yeah, but pretty much that we do that to educate our people. John Paul, how long have you been within the United States, and where did you come from? Yeah, um, I came from, from Congo. I've been in the United States, I think now it's like more than seven years now. And I've been in Iowa City uh, since 2015, at the time I moved to Iowa City. So what I, what I know from some of my friends that are immigrants that have moved here, the culture is very different here in, the, in America. So things that they're accustomed to back home, it, it may not be the same thing that they're experiencing here. So when we're, now we're in this crisis of a, a pandemic, the, the coronavirus. And so I imagine that there are some barriers that they're facing. One, when it comes to the pandemic and how can they navigate that? But some of these individuals are probably still newer to our community and they're trying to adjust and learn the culture here. So what are some of the experiences that you're finding during this time, isolated from the pandemic, but then combined with the, with the pandemic? Yeah, as you said, the life is totally, totally different from, you know, back home to, you know, to here. So everything, with everyone, when you get to this country, you are new. So you have to learn like almost every, everything, you know, 
and especially those people who didn't go to school, people cannot, when you get here, you cannot even speak the language. So you have to learn every single thing. And uh, it took a lot of time people to, to adjust. It's not like, because when you say like someone who is new, so you, you, you may be uh, maybe one year or two years and you can cut things very quickly than someone who's been uh, in five years. It just depends with where you are, you know, you are from. Because we have that some people who are refugees who came like from South Africa. So South, Af South, South Africa in, in Africa is a country who is like, a, you know, who is like a, a, a developed country, you can say that. Because, you know, they, they are far with, with the technology. So they don't have like to learn a lot of things than people like people who came like from Tanzania, people who came like, you know, uh, from Uganda, something like that. So it depends. And those people who came like from South Africa, most of them, they can speak even a little English. But when we have the people from, you know, refugee camp like Tanzania, refugee camp like, you know, Uganda, most of them, they don't even speak English. Some come from refugee camp in, in Burundi. So they don't speak English. And when they get here, so they have to learn every uh, single thing. And then it, it took a lot of time for people to understand things. And especially in, in this time, you say like it's, it's so uh, difficult for people to, you know, to adjust, if, you know, with this social, yeah, you know, isolation. So it's just like everything is new. <laughs> Life is new. Everything we are just like almost all of us, we are just like, you know, learning because we are getting in a very new system of, you know, of living. So we, well, like people are having like even issues of paying like bills, you know, you have like the bills like from, you know, the electricity, you have to pay like the water, something like that. So people, they used to go to the office and pay straight, you know, the bills. But now uh, with this social isolation, people, they have like, a, you know, to send like, a, you know, the check to send like a through mail, something like that. So people that, you know, getting behind of paying those, you know, those bills. Something like that. All those things are like issues that people they are, you know, that they are having. You see, like uh, some of the, you know, the parents they have children who are going to school. Some of them they don't even know that there is the the classes that is going on online, you know, and you know they just they are the children are home, they don't know anything that is going on, and then when you talk to other people, people are, you know are learning online. Other people they are not learning online because they don't know. You know, you know how how they can do that. All those are like issues people are you know people are going through. So in this situation, like it, it's, it's not easy. Well, I do know that you all are trying to bridge that communication gap with with those that need to know that there is online learning, as well as educating on what the coronavirus is and and what does it mean to safe social distance. We were on a webinar, you and I, I was on the panel, and we were having discussions surrounding some of these similar topics. What I did know is that your organization is really trying to help navigate that communication with, with those in the community. I can only imagine what it's like to be in America, especially if you're new, and you're trying to navigate some of the online learning uh, which is probably in a, in, not in your first language, as well as trying to navigate the health system 
if you have concerns about the coronavirus and get in a test. I've, I've, I've traveled out of the world um, to other countries and I'll tell you when I go somewhere where they don't speak English as the primary language, um, it, it, it's a little challenging to kind of navigate a little bit, but I tend to find someone within that community that speaks English, whether it's a restaurant or a hotel, typically I can find someone that speaks English. But here in America, where our refugees and immigrants within the hospital setting or within the school system, some of those primary, their first language isn't, it's hard to find uh, for them at times. I did understand that the hospital, University of Iowa specifically, you can get someone to interpret in, in, in your preferred language. So that was one good thing that we did learn. But one of the things that I know that your organization is really doing is working with individuals to help with that communication on school, ensuring that they have some resources, as well as the coronavirus, which I do want to talk a little bit about that. Um, when, what does it look like when someone gives a call? Are you all giving some of the, are there resources online that they can go to in their language to find out essentially about the symptoms of coronavirus? We talk about temperatures, uh, if it's 100 degrees or higher, we talk about that social distancing. But again, what does that mean to be six feet or more apart? And we also talk about hand washing. And I think you were the one that brought up, you know, people leaving their house with those gloves on and they go all around and then they come back with the same gloves on. <laughs> so there needs to be some training and some teaching there. So uh, talk a little bit about what your agency is doing with some of this communication and the barriers that many of your, many of the individuals that you work with, talk about some of those barriers and how you all are overcoming that. Yeah, so the communication, as you said, this is like a, the, the, key, the key point. And this is among uh, the reason that this association was created. Yeah, because, you know, be, be, before, so we used to, to take like people to different, you know, medical appointments. So we just like to take someone, you, but you are not, you know, an interpreter. And then when you get there, you find that the, at the hospital, they have their own interpreter, someone who's going to interpret for the, the you know, the, the, you know, the client. And then when you get there, so you are there and the person, maybe I would say like someone from, from Kenya who's going to interpret someone from Congo or Burundi. And then the, the, when they speak the Swahili is a little bit different. So, and you can speak English, so you will see that the, the things that the patient is talking and the, the things that the interpreter is telling the doctor is completely different. Completely different. So now from there, so we didn't understand that there is a, you know, a problem that needs to be resolved. And it's among the issues that you know, led us to create this, this association so that we can be able to provide like a, you know, the service that is you know, needed. And... Uh, as you said, the communication is, you know, can be like a, something like a very, very important, especially at this time. And, uh, you know, from this situation, we did find out that it was better for us to have, you, you know, a refugee and immigrant newspaper so that we can be able, you know, 
if there is anything new that's going on, we can write the newspaper and be able to deliver, you know, by, you know, a home delivery so that people, they can be able to get the information on time. That's what we are, we are, we are working on. And then from there, we are saying thanks to the, you know, the Johnson County Foundation that have, you know, uh, accepted our, you know, grant request. So they did give us some money who's going to allow us to start this, you know, this newspaper which is very 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 good you know you know that we we do really do what we can do i, I think you will be maybe surprised if i can tell you that uh, right now we we are busy than before you know you, you you can ask yourself how are you going to be busy and everything is shut down how sure. are you going to be busy than before yeah so we we are busy for people uh are calling too much and uh, we feel like we have also the responsibility to call people to know how people are you know how they are doing so we, every single day we have to make sure that we are calling different you know community leaders we like you have to call someone like among the leaders from sudan you have to call someone among the leaders from burundi from Rwanda, something like that so that we can, you know, make sure you, you you are connected with this, you know, different refugees and immigrant community in the city. You have to know how they, you know, they are doing. If there is any issue, you can be able to discuss and see if there is a way you can help, how you can you can be able to help. You know, you know, as you, you said, you know, you know, with different things, and then you see people, uh, they are more afraid you know, to face someone who's wearing a mask than someone who, who you know, who, who doesn't have a mask on. Because they, for them, when they see someone, they must say, oh, this person is sick. That means if, I, you know, I pass close to this person, I'm going to be contaminated. So without knowing that the one who, the, who does have a mask on, that person cannot, cannot contaminate someone. Because, so you know, the, the mask is pretty, preventing someone to, you know, to pass uh, you know the virus to someone else so people they feel like they are okay being next to someone who doesn't have the mask on than being you know close to someone who does who who does not have a mask on so which is very very dangerous because the one who doesn't have the mask on that person is very easy you know to pass the virus to someone else than the one who doesn't have the mask on so all those things that people they they have to know and you know to understand about those things so that they can feel like you know comfortable being you know close to someone who does have the mask and people they should know why they should be putting the mask on you know all other things yeah we are just trying to teach our people let let them know what is, what is going on and you know that this issue is that something like it is like a you know the health thing so even ourselves before we can give like such information we have to make sure that the information is right so before you can pass it, so you have to make sure that you did talk some way to someone who is in the field who can tell you that, okay, yeah, this is exactly like, like this, like this, like this. Then you can be able to pass the message to the, you know, to the community, something like that. Yeah, that's how, that's why I say that we are, you know, you are so busy, you know, talking to the community, you know, uh, trying to find someone who is in the health department, you know, you know that can give like the right information then you can be able to pass the information to to the community members yeah one of the things that i've been 
inundated with as an elected official is the request to ensure that there is communication in various languages so that people can understand the coronavirus and the, and the, and the precautionary steps to take definitely explaining why one should wear a mask and and that's what you all are doing a great job at at communicate and I refer people to your organization so that they can have some of those conversations within their own language there are resources uh, through your website as well as through our city website in various languages but again it, it sometimes you can read what you read and your interpretation may be different but it's also nice to have someone that can communicate with you in your own language so that you have this dialogue that you can kind of just talk things out and ensure that you have a great understanding. So you do bring up some great points when you're talking about the mask and the fear that one might have when they see someone on it with a mask on. But it, it, that wearing of the mask is to protect them, uh, to protect others essentially from as well as someone else wearing a mask yeah. is to protect them. And so you do bring up an interesting point there. One thing I did want to talk about is when we're looking at the nation and how black people are, when we're looking at the virus numbers and how they're impacted, it's, it's not even. We're, we're seeing this proportionate rate of black people being affected by the coronavirus in various ways, even death. And so that's where the, it becomes crucial for the information to be passed along so that people understand the importance of what's happening. I think we're privileged to speak English because we can turn on any news station and they're talking about the coronavirus. They're explaining it to us over and over and over. Uh, some people are getting tired of hearing about it. But we're having that dialogue and understanding what, what the governor orders mean. But for people where English isn't their first language, sometimes even if they speak English, their interpretation or understanding may not be fully that of the message that's been sent. And so one of the things that I've enjoyed about just knowing what your organization do is making sure that people do have the practical skills related to understanding what's happening with the coronavirus. Again, I I'll never forget when you talked about the, you know, wearing the gloves and, the, and, and needing demonstrations there um, on how to wear gloves. Even hand washing, that's one of my pet peeves when people wash their hands and, you know, they turn the water on and they get it all soap and they're singing, you know, they're doing their uh, two birthday songs through. And then once they're done, they go and turn off the faucet <laughs> with their clean hands. And so that, so, are you doing any practical things even through conversation with individuals that call in? Yes, yes, we, we, we are doing that. Yeah, we are letting people know about all those things. Yeah, and you, you, what, what do you, you, talk, you talked about like washing hands. So, you know, after the, the webinar, so some people, they, they called us and they, they, they told me, so why, why you, you, you didn't tell the mayor about the, you know, the, 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 the raise of the price of the water? Because now people are washing, are washing hands all the time, and then people they are doing too much laundry. Because you, when you go out with the clothes, when you you come back, especially at work, when you come back, so you have to wash the clothes straight. So people they are doing too much laundry. So that means that people they are using a lot of water and then a lot of electricity. And they say 
why did he let the mayor know that the, the, the price of the electricity and the water is going up? So they should do, they should know that <laughs> there is something going on. I said, no, I, I didn't think about that. and say maybe when I get, get the chance to talk to him, I let him know. Yeah. So people are, you know, going through like a different, different, different things. And yeah, we are letting people know how they, they, they can, you know, they, they can practice, practice all those things, how they can put like, the, the gloves on and, and then how they can use the gloves. You know, take the gloves and then say, think that you are secure, you go to Walmart and then come back again with the same gloves. So they have to know when they can put them on, then what time they have to take it off and how they can take it off. I think really to change at least the, the disproportionate rates within our community is education. And so, and, and that demonstration of simple things like wearing gloves and washing your hands and how you turn off the faucet, you know. So, and you do bring up an interesting point about increase in utilities because people are washing their hands more is what we want and what we hope for. And they're also washing their clothes when more often now. One of the questions that I do have is related to what are you seeing as far as the financial impacts of people that you serve? Are they, are you finding that there's a lot of unemployed people or just a mixture of all of that? Are people able to collect any unemployment? What are you finding within your community? In terms of unemployment people, because there's some, some places that are, you know, closed, and uh, so I'm not sure how things are going with the unemployment because you know when they say like a like a place like Tyson is when they, they shut shut down place like a Tama and you know uh, Amana well poor so you have to know that we have, we have like a lot of people working there so that means that we have like a lot of a lot of people who are staying home at this time now we we they are trying to call and see okay if they, they'll be you know they'll be paid some some, some companies they say okay they'll be they'll be paid and some you know people are going through like the you know, unemployment system so which is like they have like a lot of people so they have to wait some people they are calling the number that they were given some people will not get you know the answer something like that so people they're still waiting and see what is going to happen yeah but it, you know financially like a lot of people you know they are affected that's for sure and i think this is something we're learning we may be here a while where coronavirus is going to be sticking around and some things may be opening up within our community per the governor's orders if people are returning back to work and to doing various things within the community i believe it's going to be important for organizations like yours to really educate on yes things are being opened up but how should people conduct themselves and to keep themselves protected to the best of their ability. And so we're gonna certainly be looking towards your organization to do some of that hands-on type training to ensure that everybody is protected to the best of their abilities. Now, one of the questions that I have for you is related to, you all do a lot with the communications and you have your website that people can go to and kind of navigate some, some of these resources that's available to them. But if there's someone watching this today that says they want to support your efforts, how can they get in touch with you all if they want to do a donation? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Before I can answer to that question, maybe I would like to mention something. Because when you said like about the communication, uh, especially like people who does not speak, people don't speak English. That for sure, it's so hard. Even for people who do speak English, you know, because you, we have to understand that that there is there is a, a, a trust between someone who's giving the information and someone who's receiving the information. So people they have to understand that the way the way uh, I'm giving the information to my community, the way they will receive it is going is going to be maybe different from the way you can give it and the way they will receive it. You know, as when I'm talking to my community, people they do they trust, they believe what I'm talking that is true. Then when they are talking to someone who is not, you know, part of that community. So people they, they pretend to think that maybe uh, it is it, not like serious. You know, and this is why with this 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 situation going on, you see that at the beginning, many people from Africa they were not they, they, they didn't believe that the virus could you know, catch everyone. People, they were, they were thinking maybe uh, that, that people from Africa, they went through a lot and said, oh, maybe this virus is not for us. This virus is only for America, you know? So they have, you know, but when they see like some people who, who uh, was positive from their own community, and then we did talk to those people and then tell them, okay, they have the courage of talking to other people, let other people know. And this is what, if you can go to our Facebook page, you see that we, we have a lady from Africa who was positive. And then she made, you know, a small, a, a small video to let other people know that, okay, I'm young and then I'm from Africa so, and I was positive. So meaning that even African can catch it. Yeah, so coming back to the question that who, everyone who like, like to donate. So if, as you said, if you can go to our website, you see that we have like a, the PayPal, if people would like to donate on PayPal, and then if you want to write the check, you can just write a check on the Refugee and Immigrant Association. And the, the address is, uh, is 1566 South Gilbert Street, Iowa City, and the zip code is 52240. That's our address. Yeah. Well, so anyone would like to write a check and do that. Well, the work that you all are doing really is very impactful within our community. I know that again, even today, I'm still getting, today, I got requests to kind of explain what is the coronavirus, what are some of the symptoms, as well as just what are the things that's gonna happen in the future as far as like opening up of the states and what that means for, you know, the health of individuals. And so, of course, I don't have all those answers, but just the simple question of what is the coronavirus and how do I navigate it? And it was for someone that doesn't speak English. And so how can they get that information? And again, that's why I believe that it's very vital for you, for your organization to exist, because there's a resource that I can turn them to where they can receive some, you know, communication. I thank you all for all that you're doing because I, I do believe that in order for us to really in, ensure that people understand the seriousness of it, it's going to be listening to going to your, to, to your Facebook and hearing it from someone within their community, someone like from Africa that can say, this happened to me, we need you to take this serious because 
there's, there's a lot of us that think we're invisible and this won't happen to us. It, you, like you said, it's happening to those other people, but it can happen to all of us. And so in order for us to really get through this and be in this together, there has to be communication given to all segments of the Iowa City community. And so again, thank you for being a part of that messaging center that reaches a, a particular part of our community. So thank you for doing that. Is there anything else you would like to say today? Uh, yeah, the thing that I would like to say, maybe you did touch it. So when you, you, you say like, a, you know, you see like a, the, you know, black communities that we have like a, the rate of people are affected like is, is high. I think this is something that should be like a, a, should be a main concern, you know, for all of us. So that we can understand why this you know, happened. And then if you see everything is standing about communication, you know, people getting like the information on the right time. And people that you know they don't follow like the news, and then people uh, they don't read and all those things. This is why something we end up by but be, being caught by stuff that we don't even know when it starts, while other people they know it, you know, ahead. And uh, yeah, and I, 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 I will say that this is something that we are we, we are working on too. Uh, think, see how these things are going to end up. So we are trying to see if we can uh, make like a, a community a community committee, which is going like we are going to have like a different you know uh, leaders from different communities, and we can have like a you know, a, a community, a, a committee that will be meeting with, you know, like a, the city government sometime and then talk, just like a talk, which is not going to be like an event or presentation, but just to be able to meet with, you know, the, the city, you know, leaders and we can be able just to sit down, maybe, you know, exchange ideas and see how our community can get involved and see how, the, you know, and be able to get the information the information at the right time. That's what we are we are we are thinking about, you know, about doing. See if we can be able to fill up this gap. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you that your organization has had a, a great reputation with our city long before I was yes. even an elected yes. official. So uh, not worried there about the partnership that needs to continue here. And yeah. you're exactly right. Leaders can help that communication. Uh, go across various segments. Very happy that our Mayor Pro Tem, Mazahir Salih, has been out and she's a champion at trying to ensure that people are getting the communication with the language that they have. We've also had our other um, counselor that speaks French, uh, Counselor uh, Janice Weiner. She's yeah. also been out there navigating. She can speak to some of the ones that you serve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And yeah. so, so yeah. we're doing what we can from yeah. the from our from our area. And our other counselors have even been doing Facebook messaging out there to ensure that they that they do what they can to kind of spread the word. So yeah. I, I I think we're in a great place in Iowa City. In order yeah. for us to get beyond where we are today. Again, it's going to take all of us working together. You already yeah. know that. Yes, yeah. And that's we are so proud you know, of you guys. 
You are doing a very, very good job. So we feel we are so supported by the city, the city of Iowa City. We are Great. so supported. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. You do care about us. So I'm so, so happy. So well, proud of you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. You can follow along with city resources and updates by heading to our website at icgov.org slash coronavirus. I'll be back again on Thursday with another community connection. We'll be meeting with Mercy Iowa City Hospitals. Until then, remember to do your part. We're all in this together. Be safe, Iowa City.